This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. Yeah. Happy Commission Day, by the way. Yeah. Um, spend it on a subscription to The Monty Show on YouTube, which is free. Just hit subscribe, and you could win yourself a PS5. That's a PlayStation 5, my friends. We're giving that away. We are over 3,550 subs. The meteoric rise. Of The Monty Show. We are at 3,553 skyrocketing up the charts. Yeah. When we get to 5,000, we'll give it away. Make sure you follow us on... Come on, somebody's got to get me over. I'm, like, close to 1,000 on Insta, Snap, Facebook. And um, so who's are, who's going to... You don't follow me. I know you don't follow me, but I'm at 984 followers on Instagram. Yeah, you're 984 on Instagram. Can I please get 16 of you lazy Fs to follow me on Instagram? Do you feel better? I don't because okay. nobody likes me. I'm terrible at what I do. Um, but I do use Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok regularly. The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Then there's Jake, SLC Supercars. You've got like what thirty seven hundred followers on uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah, I've Snap got like face. three followers you and uh, I mean, nine hundred and sixteen followers. We're, we're trying to grow our our lives and stuff, and, stuff. and you, know, you know it's cool and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. if you guys ever want to kick you it, know. we'll flow. Yeah, you know, um, f- uh, Funky Orient says hi. Hi, hi Funky. Hi. Good to see you. Hi. The Nye guy says morning, dudes. What's up with you? Speaking of mourning, we're all in mourning over the Jazz losing to the Milwaukee Fear the Deers. Yeah, how about the Bucks coming into the Viv last night for the first time in about 20 years uh, and beating the Utah Jazz at home last night? And I think it was one of those games where you had a lot of positive takeaways, but you lost the game anyways. Jake, was it a moral win for the Utah Jazz? Yeah, I don't know that I'm even ready to say it was a moral victory. I, I mean, I think that, yeah, you, you shot well early in the game. You played it. You played one of your better games of the year. I, I do agree with that. So if you want to take that as a victory, that's cool. I'm fine with that. But, you know, the thing that I left this game thinking about was, you know, when you play – the better teams in the league, they just have so many ways to beat whoever they're playing. And and that's the thing that really stood out to me. You know, there are some nights where the Jazz will play teams like Dallas, as an example. Perfect example. Team right behind the Jazz now. You know, Dallas, you know, doesn't have, you know, 10 different ways they can beat you. It's pretty much Luka. You know, you've got Finney Smith and Hardaway. Those three guys are really going to, you know, make or break for them. You know, they're going to decide if they win or lose games. But I look at this Bucks team. And it's no surprise that this team is one of the best teams in the league. I, you know, you 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 forget about the quality of their of their role player. You forget about the quality of guys like Brooke Lopez. You forget about the quality of a Drew Holiday as a second tier player on that team. You know, and so last night you start to see that kind of come through, and and you see Drew Holiday hitting the big you know baseline fadeaway over Don late in the game. 
And obviously Giannis, I mean, what do you, what do you even say about this guy? I mean, I I think he continues to impress, you know, I, 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 he has an unconventional style of play, but I, but I think that, you know, there's no fear in him. You know, he, he ran at Rudy several times late in that game and, and basically had his way with all due respect to Rudy. And, and really, I'm not sure that there's anybody in the league that can stop Giannis when he's coming downhill. I, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know, maybe Joel Embiid, maybe just because Joel is such a big body. But other than that, I, I don't think that there's anyone who can stop him when he's downhill. Well, and I, I will just maintain that I think this is a larger issue defensively. I mean, when you look at the, the way that they allowed Giannis to get a sprinting start from three-quarter court, you're right. You're not going to stop him running downhill like that. But I also think team-wise and team basketball-wise, you have to be better than that. And I think you have to know that that's how he likes to play. That's his strength. So when you are not um, willing to do something about that and when you are not willing to pick him up, um, at I mean, at the very least at half court and get the ball out of his hand so he can't run downhill, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. But the other issue here is – that you got a really stellar performance out of Mike Conley. Finally, we've all been waiting for Mike to come back to life. And yet, Drew Holiday probably won Milwaukee the game last night. So, you got this great performance out of Mike, but his opposite number went off. Um, and I think this this game, the real thing about this game that scares you is, it knocks the Jazz out of sole possession of fourth place in the West. What this does is now you are tied in a dead heat with the the Dallas Mavericks, who you have the tiebreaker over, but you're going into an incredibly difficult road trip, which, by the way, the Dallas Mavericks have already started. Um, They're in Brooklyn tomorrow night, and now it just becomes a war of attrition because obviously you're without Boyan Bogdanovich last night. You lose, you know, Daniel House early in this game, and you're playing from behind. Yeah. And – even through all of that adversity, you had an 11 point lead in the third quarter in this game. Mm-hmm. And you were within a possession late in the fourth and your best player on this team, Donovan Mitchell had another fourth quarter where he just couldn't hit a jumper. Yeah. And you're starting to wonder if this is just how this season's going to go. And I don't know what this team can do to get all seven of their top players on the floor, healthy in a rotation that's going to allow them to win games because we haven't seen that very often this year at all. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and honestly, I think we can all agree we haven't seen it in the last two seasons, you know? I mean, I, I think when it mattered most last year, injuries plagued this team, and, and, and I think that, you know, I, that's a whole kind of conversation on its own, but but I think, you know, staying staying on last night, you know, I, I, I look at this game, and, and yeah, you know, no bogey. A lot of people are going to say, well, what if bogey had 30? Well, I got news for you. I don't think he's putting up 30 against the Bucks. I, that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I don't see him matching up with, you know, uh, uh, a holiday or, or whoever they would have decided to put on him. I don't think that bogey would have gone off for 30. I think that's probably a, 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 a 17 to 23-point performance for bogey. And the game is still close. My bigger issue is late-game execution with Donovan Mitchell and the rest of the team. I, I think it's no secret that Don had a rough fourth quarter last night, but I don't think that this team had a great fourth quarter collectively. I don't think At they all, were yeah. executing offensively. And more importantly, I don't think you were executing defensively because, as you so pointed out, 
you had a huge lead headed to the fourth. And I just think that that this team has a habit of, of, of I think it's like 10 games now or whatever, where they've had a double-digit lead and end up losing the game. And a lot of that is on the road. And so that's what I was most surprised about. You did that at home. You know, you got to be better than that. It just, it just, ha that's how it has to be. Yeah, but it, uh, the other thing is here, I don't think you have a whole bunch of adjustments you're going to make. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think this roster is what it is. Um, I think it was nice to see Eric Pascal, even though I don't think he played particularly well. Um, he gave you a little bit more pace. Um, I'm a big believer that this Jazz team needs to play fast basketball. Um, and too many times they're a walk it up team. And I think they wind up taking a, a, a lot of bad shots because they are a walk it up team. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a real struggle for this ball club. And I, I think the other thing that really plagues this team, um, is the, the, you know, the inability to get big shots from multiple people. Um, it seems like every night. You're going to have a Jordan Clarkson go for 46 or whatever it was the other night. He scores eight points last night. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Don go to sleep in the fourth quarter last night. Mike Conley hits it, has a big game. But you're not getting this collective big movement forward. Um, and I think the other thing that, that you have to start looking at is how do you get Rudy Gobert more involved in the offense on a regular basis? Because mm -hmm. when you're going to him with the lob game, it's working very well. Um, but I think the other thing we saw last night was that guys like Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo don't care about Rudy Gobert's stack of defensive player of the year award trophies. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brooke Lopez was, was back for the first time since I think October last night and he went right at Rudy and blocked a shot and like they banged down low and you look at Giannis, as you mentioned in the fourth quarter, running right into Rudy's chest multiple times. Yeah. Um, and Rudy did have a couple of block shots in there, but Giannis Antetokounmpo won that battle on a regular basis last night. Well, and I think the problem for this team is that when guys of Giannis's ability, you know, the 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 KDs, the Stephs, the oh, you Lucas, mean the guys you run into in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, the guys you run into in the playoffs when they're going off and they're doing what those guys do. You know, if you're not shooting 40, 43 percent from three, they're going to run away from you. They're they're going to outlast you, and and that's the thing. The, the the big umbrella takeaway from this game to me last night, well, what stood up the most was, hey, the problem isn't that Giannis is going off. Giannis is going to go off whether you want him to or not. He is going to get his every single night, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. And that's fine. That's not why you're losing the game. But the point is, is that is that when you have an 11-point lead headed into the fourth, and then you absolutely tank in the fourth offensively and combine that with Giannis doing what he was going to do anyway— that's why you're losing these games, you know, and 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 that's very different than what happened in OKC or, or or what happened against the Pelicans or what happened against the Kings. You know, that's very different, you know. And this this team, unfortunately, I I I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's it's almost as if we have to talk about them like figuring out how to close games throughout the fourth quarter, not even just like the last five minutes. Like they got to keep that third quarter energy and level of play flowing into the fourth. And that's what's kind of crazy because this is a veteran team. This is a team that's been to the playoffs multiple times. This is a team that knows what it takes to win a game. And yet here we are, and I still see the lack of organization on the floor. And that that is particularly surprising when you have Mike Conley on this team because Mike Conley, what's his value? Why did you bring him back? Well, you brought him back for leadership, number one. 
Number two, the mid-range and floater game. And number three, the three-point shot, which was on full display last night. Yet we're still disorganized in the fourth quarter. We're still, Don's still turning it over in the fourth quarter. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think that this was one of those losses where you're like, oh, this was an embarrassing loss and this team should be ashamed of itself. But I do think this was one of those losses where it was like, man, dude, like, you lost by, like, six or whatever it was. Like, basically two possessions. I mean, what happens if you just execute here or there? You know, you're you're down by one possession. Well, you can't shoot six of 14 yeah. from in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it, it just – you you have to get out. And the problem is four of, or five of your six shots that were made were in the paint. You know, like two of those are Rudy Gobert dunks. One of them's the Pascal dunk. Um, you know, really the only shot from the perimeter was Mike Conley's three ball. Um, and that was it. And, and I, I don't know, I, I guess uh, my point is, is that this team, as we talked about, they rely far too much on the three ball last night. You came out in the, in the, the first quarter, just on fire from three. Um, I mean, you had, what is that? Three, six, nine, ten three pointers in the first quarter. Yeah. They said they set a franchise record for, for threes in one quarter as a team with 10 threes and, and for the game, you shot 35%, which again, that's not a bad number. And this is kind of what I'm trying to get at. It's not like you played bad in this game. You just didn't play your best game in the good teams in the league make you pay for but that. But when you make 10 threes in the first quarter and then seven the rest of the entire game, yeah, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are an elite basketball team, and I think the Jazz are not. Um, nothing that I've seen this season has changed my opinion. The Jazz are a very good, not great team. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see that when you play with an older roster – and you rely on guys with all due respect to Daniel House. When you're relying on Daniel House to play big minutes, you're going to get let down. There's a reason that House has bounced around this league. And I agree that he brings you a, a really important shot maker from three. Um, he is a guy that can knock down the corner three with regularity. And his defense is good. But that's in, in small stretches. Because when, when you play Daniel House a lot of minutes – and you start spreading out his performance, it's it's pretty mediocre. Yeah. His best ability for this club is his defense. And then he goes out early in this game and you and you don't have that defense. And so my point is I, I just think that's what this is what this team is is and has been and until they blow this roster up will be. Yeah. They're a they're a good, not a great team. And I, I just think you have to embrace it. That's where this team is. Yeah. And again, yesterday, all this this garbage about Donovan Mitchell trying to force a trade, and it's the exact same story that we reported six weeks ago. It, it has not changed. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is not the problem with this basketball team. And it, as many people want to say that Don's the problem and he's trash and he's selfish, and if Donovan Mitchell doesn't drive and kick, this team doesn't score. Well, and, and I think that the driving kick is some of their best offense. Again, it is. why do you think you made 10 threes in the fourth quarter? Well, Donovan was driving and kicking. First quarter. Or first quarter, I mean. Yeah, why why do you think you made all those threes in the first quarter? Because, 20, yeah, he was driving and kicking. 29 points, eight dimes, six boards. You know, like, only, he only had four turnovers. He had 20, or excuse me, 13 turnovers. He had, he had four of them. But do you see what I mean? Like, I, I know I keep pointing this out, but it's so fascinating to me about this team. That's a good that's like a good stat sheet for an NBA player it of is. his ability. Like twenty nine and eight 
is a damn good game against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's my point. Like, it's not like you had some atrocious game. But what I'm getting at here is when you're in the playoffs and you're playing, you know, Dallas, let's say, then let's say you win that series and you go on to play Phoenix or Golden State or who, who the hell ever, you know, whoever that next team is, you're only going to run into more penalties for turning it over and, and not playing well and taking the bad three and, and bitching at the officials. So the, 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 the issues that plague this team are just going to get exacerbated the farther they go into the season, and that's kind of tough to swallow, to be honest with you. Well, and I think the other thing that you have to talk about here is Hassan Whiteside. I mean, again, um, this is a guy that um, I, when he's on, he's such an important piece of this team. But the issue is last night, Quinn takes him out of the game because he's playing lackluster basketball. Yeah. And then he walks off really slowly and he's hanging his head. And you you have to, you know, you have to, he goes and plops himself down on the bench, um, you know, and, and then what happens? You wind up, um, you know, with Alex Jensen, I think it was going over and having to console him and talk to him. And it's like, okay, now we've lifted his spirit. He comes in, he gives you a good couple of minutes and, you know, he does what he always does. He blocks a shot here and there and then trots down the floor. You take him out, you bring Rudy in, and he isn't a contributor to the rest of the game. Yeah. Like, Hassan Whiteside has got to stop being more of a problem than he is a solution. And because when he is on and he is plugged in and he's energetic and he's running the floor, Hassan Whiteside's a very good number two center. But as the season's gone on, that's been diminishing Yeah, more and more. Well, listen, I mean, you know, it, it, what better example of, of a poor attitude than Doris Burke talking about it on the national broadcast? I mean, when you're getting national attention about your 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 attitude and, and what, and, and I guess the inconsistency in that, you, you know you have a bit of a problem. And, and I think that that is, is really unfortunate because Hassan's a talented dude. Like, let's not make any mistake about this. The guy can play. But he has to be right mentally, and, and it's just – I was kind of watching this game, like, contrasting, like, okay, you've got Hassan Whiteside, and then you've got, like, you know, I guess Hassan for the Bucks would be like a Bobby Portis, if you will, in that same sort of a sort of a role almost, you know? And, and Bobby Portis is the polar opposite. He's a guy that comes into the game and is just hair on fire, super high energy, even – like, he's almost try-hard guy. He's the guy that's going to shoot a bunch of bricks – you know, and then he's going to get all fired up. But last night he was on. He made a couple of threes. So I don't know, man. This team, this team, and this roster, and in the in the way they go about playing the game, I understand why Jazz fans get frustrated. You know, it's like, hey, we're good enough to get to the postseason. We just can't get over the bump or get over the hill. And 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 I get it, man. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I I don't know how you fix that because I mean, your your best defensive players players, Rudy Gobert. And Rudy's a, a a minus two a minus three last night again. I, and I Rudy's think, in the minus. Is that Rudy's fault? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, like giving up those baskets to Giannis. It, it obviously Giannis scored that basket going one on one with with Rudy. Yeah. But he's sprinting from three quarter court down the middle of the paint. That's not Rudy Gobert's fault. Like and so you're asking Rudy again, and I I I I will just continue to say this. You're asking Rudy Gobert to do things that no single player can do, mm -hmm. which is stop an entire team's offense. When you have Giannis running down the floor or when you have Rudy being switched out and you're asking him to go with with um, 
drew Holiday to the corner last night and Holiday hits a three over him. When you're pulling him away from the basket and you're asking him um, to guard Brooke Lopez on the perimeter and then have responsibility to protect the rim at the same time, you're, you're asking him to do things that nobody can do. That's not Rudy's fault, right? You're asking Donovan Mitchell to carry this offense in the fourth quarter. And I don't know, is Don Clutch? I happen to think the world of Donovan Mitchell. I happen to think he's a superstar. I happen to think that that he's the exact kind of player you want, right? But there's so many Jazz fans who who just want to trash Don, and I haven't read the comments this morning. Um, Utah Jazz fan in India, your comment was first, and it got filtered. Sorry. Um, Funky Orient says, pain to see how um, the Jazz can't make a shot in the last minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, you live by the three, you die by the three. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, when will the Jazz learn to be mentally tough to keep the lead in the fourth quarter? This is torture, and it's getting old. The Nye guy says, the Jazz have an inability to keep leads no matter who we play. Is that coaching? No, I think that's on the players. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like one of the things that was very clear last night, there were moments in this game where the 11-point lead was slipping away and Jordan Clarkson is sprinting down the floor. Like, and you don't, where are you going? That's not your game. That's not who you've ever been. And what happens? He got in the paint and he got shut off, right? Like when you're, when you're in crunch time and your lead is slipping away, you need to execute your offense. And too many times the offense for this team, when it's clutch or when it's tight or when you're struggling is give Donovan Mitchell the ball and get out of the way. And that's not offense, right? So what have we seen Donovan Mitchell do? We've seen Donovan Mitchell drive and kick to the corner. The drive and kick for a corner three is is a staple in the NBA today. Yeah. And the Jazz make it at a high level. But this is, again, where I say, where's Boyan Bogdanovich last night? Well, he's hurt. Where is Daniel House, who's one of your better corner three shooters? He's hurt. Yeah. You know, like, so the guys you're counting on now, and this is not to be an indictment on Royce O'Neal again, Where's Royce O'Neal last night in the in the first quarter? Oh, he's knocking down threes. Buckets O'Neal. Where's he? Where's he when you need him in the third and fourth quarter? Yeah, nowhere to be found. Yeah, I mean there were a couple times, and it was going around Twitter where he had hesitated and not taken a shot he should have taken, passing up open threes again. Yeah, because they they that's not on Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder's job is to get Royce O'Neal an open three in the corner. It's not his job to make Royce shoot that and make that, and. He has been taking that away from Royce and giving it to Daniel House, but House was hurt last night. Yeah. So you can point to a lot of different things with the Jazz, but when you look critically at why things are happening on the floor, I don't think that you can just keep pointing at Quinn and saying, he sucks, he should be fired. Yeah. Because that's Quinn Snyder, again, I will just say, is an elite head coach in this league. He is handicapped by a roster. His front office is handicapped by the, the failings of pre, for previous regimes. Yeah. A year from now, that excuse is gone because over the summer, they're going to blow this roster up. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's now the question of how far can this team run in the postseason? And if you really want the truth, if you really want the truth, the best thing that could happen to this team is they go out in the first round. Yeah. Because if you somehow, some way figure out a way to get to the Western Conference Finals, are you going to blow this roster up? I mean, I would. I'd have blown it up after last season. Yeah. But you know what's going to happen. If this team somehow wins two, three playoff series, 
Well, now all of a sudden, oh, this is exactly who we thought they were. That's why we kept them together. Right. And you're going to get another year running back the same old mediocre roster. Now, having said that, I'm telling you that ain't happening. This team is, if you fall to the sixth spot in the West, and I'm telling you that's a possibility. You, yeah, it is. You, you, better, you better be looking behind you because now, and, and again, not to be redundant, they're tied with the Dallas Mavericks in the 4-5 spot in the West now. The, the Mavericks have caught you. But if you look at where Denver is, Denver's only a game and a half behind you. And they just went to Philly and won a big game. Yeah. So they're they're they're, they're all playing good basketball. Yeah, and they're all going through that gauntlet. And I got news for you. With Jamal Murray coming back and you look at the way that that they're getting production out of out of the guards who have who have filled in for Murray over the last year, now those guys become backup players that are starters quality. And so it only makes you better. And you have Aaron Gordon rocking an amazing throw now and playing really good defense and blocking Joel Embiid at the rim last I'm night. Shiva, the god of death. You know, like I, I look at the way, did anybody see Carl Anthony Towns last night? Bro. And, and here we are now um, into the pro portion of the program where I tell you two things. I'm always right and I'm hung like a steer. Because I probably took that a step too far. You? Uh, what? Well, because I think everybody knows I'm hung like a steer, but nobody wants to hear me say I'm right all the time. Yeah. So I probably took it, a, or maybe that was backward. Anyway, the point is, Minnesota's playing really good <laughs> playing really good basketball, and Carl Anthony Towns had a 60-piece a, a nugget. He put 60 up last night. Hmm. And you just look at the team's that is it inconceivable on this trip that the Jazz lose four or five? No, it's not. And all of a sudden they're they're in the sixth spot, or all of a sudden Minnesota. Because I look at Minnesota's schedule and Minnesota is red hot, eight and two in their last ten, right? And you start looking at their schedule. Well, who do they have tomorrow? Oh man, they got that juggernaut of the L.A. Lakers. <laughs> Right, and you start looking at the schedule for the 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 T Wolves, and you're like, uh oh, it's home for L A. Home Saturday they host Milwaukee. That's a tough one. Yep. Monday they're at Dallas. Big game. Big game. Huge game. Right. Phoenix, Dallas, at Boston, at Toronto, at Denver, at Houston, Washington, San Antonio, Chicago. Who's reeling? So I look at this schedule. I see a lot of wins for the Timberwolves on that schedule. And frankly, for the Utah Jazz, I don't see a lot of wins left on this schedule. We talked about, you know, like 19 and 5 being the the end of the, you know, being the the max. Top of the mountain. I'd love to see them win four more games. And I know that's going to sound like I'm just being an ass or whatever. You just hate the Jazz. But ask yourself this question, casuals. You're a casual. Ask yourself this question. Of these remaining games right now today, here we are on Thursday, March, or Tuesday, Tuesday. March 15th. I wish it was Thursday. I'd be snowboarding tomorrow. Um, how many of these games can you win? You are Wednesday home for the Chicago Bulls. Win. You are Friday home for the, the L.A. Clippers. Mm, that's going to be tight, dude. Let's give them those two. Yeah, okay. We'll call that a win, too. At the Knicks. That's a win. Three. At Brooklyn. Mm, I think that's a loss. a loss. At Boston. That's a loss. At Charlotte. That's a tight game. 
That's I a loss. I would think they win. What you yeah. think they they lose to Charlotte? At Charlotte. Did you guys see Lamelo last What's night? The, what are the days? Is it are there back? Oh, it's every other day. It's, it's every, every other, other day. day. Okay. They're back to back Sunday, Monday, Knicks, Brooklyn, yeah, which they're is they're going to lose the Brooklyn. Brooklyn game. Yeah, they're going to lose. The right, Brooklyn. and then it's it's uh, Monday at Brooklyn, Wednesday at Boston, Friday at Charlotte, Sunday at Dallas, Tuesday. They're two days off right there. Sunday, Tuesday, um, uh, at uh, L.A. Thursday at another day in between, so one day. Right, you're playing every other day yeah. until you get down to um, the Saturday Tuesday game, which is at Golden State. Then you're off Sunday Monday Tuesday at uh, home for Memphis. Right, so I'm telling you, their wins are their wins are the Bulls, the Clippers. Um, I think they beat the. I think they beat or come close to beating the Knicks. They're going to lose Boston, Brooklyn, Boston, Charlotte, Dallas. I think they're going to – they're probably – man, that Tuesday, March 29th at the Clippers, mm. um, that becomes a huge day. I They're going to beat the Lakers. That's four. They'll lose at Golden State. They'll lose to Memphis. They'll beat OKC. I don't know that we can say that. They'll lose to Phoenix, and they will beat Portland. I think there's six wins on this schedule left. Six. And, and what is that? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14 games. So I think their their highest top of the mountain is five hundred seven and seven. Yeah, that's rough, man. I, I and by the way, yeah, by the way, yeah. it should be said Dallas has pretty much the exact same schedule. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, if you look at Dallas, yep, and you look at what's left on their schedule, at Brooklyn, at Philly, at Charlotte. So they're in the road trip that the the yes the Jazz are about to take. Yes, they come home for Minnesota and Houston. Then they go to Minnesota, back here to Utah. Uh, or no, Utah goes back to Dallas, home for the Lakers, at Cleveland, Washington, Milwaukee, Detroit, and then they finish up with home Portland and San Antonio. So neither one of them has an easy schedule. But I'm telling you, the way that the the Mavericks schedule sets up, they're going to win the fourth spot. Yeah, and I think, the, I think the concern about the Nuggets, you know, catching the Jazz is real as well. I mean, I, again, I can't stress enough how 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 clutch of a win that is in Philly. I mean, that that's impressive, dude. That that is that is a big time basketball game. So, you know, either way, you know, no matter what happens this season to wrap this up, like I think that the Jazz are 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 a team that. That is fun to watch when everything's going great, but it's just so rare that everything works out for them based on how the schedule or how the mm. roster is built that, you know, it's it's kind of torturing for Jazz fans. Denver's got a schedule, though. They have a schedule. They have a much easier route. I mean, at Washington, at Cleveland, home, home for Boston. Not at Boston, home for Boston. Yeah. Home for the Clippers, home for Phoenix, home for OKC. And then their last road trip, um, is three of four on the road. Charlotte, Indiana away, Minnesota at home, Lakers away. Yeah. They finish at home with San Antonio, Memphis, and the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, they have a, a much easier schedule. Yeah. I mean, that's probably 10 wins looking at that schedule. And then Jamal Murray's going to be back in that window as well. Now, it's going to take him a while to get back. I think we're seeing Clay Thompson six weeks in is yeah. just now becoming a so semblance of think, what you yeah. think he'll be. Going into the the playoffs, it's going to take them time. But again, I think Denver's getting really good play. And the 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 point is, there's a real good chance that the the Utah Jazz are going to fall far in the standings, and it's terrifying. 
Yeah. It is te- terrifying. Uh, Dante May says, I think the run where Yudoka started over Whiteside was the best version of Hassan this season. Yeah, when Rudy was out with that calf, I think yes. that's what you're talking about. And I, I, I think that is that was a little motivating, but I, I don't know how to get Hassan Whiteside up for every game because when he's playing at his highest best, he's a he's a really, really good defensive player. Yeah. And he's got a nice little jumper. He likes to dunk on people. Like he's a guy that is on the cusp of a starter in this league. Yes. He's not a starter, but Hassan Whiteside at his highest best is on the cusp of a starting center in this league. Yeah. But you so rarely get that. You so rarely get that. And again, when you're having to constantly put floaters on a guy to keep him up and level, mm-hmm. you, you just it's not worth it. Yeah. It's it's not worth it. Um Brandon Whiteside says, Whiteside was great last night. What were you watching? He had a stretch last night. And I I, I I don't know what his numbers look like. He had a stretch last night where he played really well. He played really well. Um, and he's blocking a shot and he's getting you a rebound and he's dunking. Like that, it, it's, the problem is you don't remember that because then he hangs his head and loses Giannis. Yep. And Giannis dunks on him two, three times. And he hangs his head, and then Quinn takes him out, and he hangs his head. And, you know, like, it, it just – you can't – the thing that I think a lot of fans like to do is you like to watch games and remember moments. And you, you don't – you're naturally, you're not going to remember a guy's great moment when he struggles a lot. Last night, Hassan Whiteside played 16 minutes, was one of two, gave you five rebounds, um, and blocked four shots. So what so game were we watching? What game were we watching? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like when you block four shots, um, I, I I mean, he played – Hassan Whiteside's not here to score. Hassan Whiteside's here to give you tough defense. Yeah. And I think when, when you play 16 minutes and you have five rebounds and four blocks, I'm going to say I'm going to ask you what game were you watching because he gave you – he had moments in that game. Mm-hmm. It was that simple. Um, Brandon also said Whiteside was killing Giannis. No, he was not. He was not killing Giannis. <laughs> dude, get the hell out of here with that. I mean, he I, said I, listen, Whiteside dude. was killing Giannis. Then Quinn sat him for Rudy. Luckily, the Bucks decided not to guard him in the fourth. That was a Quinn mistake, dude. You're you're not to I, guard who? Listen, listen, listen. I, I I really appreciate that you watch and and you comment, but that's just that's just not an accurate accurate take. You nobody nobody kills Giannis. Giannis no. does the killing. No. Like, hear me clearly that nobody is going to go out there and dominate Giannis. Was 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 Hassan being physical with Giannis? Sure. But Giannis is a physical basketball player. He welcomes that physicality. And notice notice when you're— Needs. You, yeah, like notice when, when Rudy's in the game, um, Giannis is, is initiating contact. He's initiating— the physical play. I mean, there was a run there. I think it was in the third. I can't remember. Might have been in the second where the game got a little chippy. You know, the the physicality level went up, and I think that's that is that is a, a, a welcome sighting for this Jazz team. But to sit here and say that that Hassan was somehow dominating Giannis, I mean, that's just that that just tells me you're not you know aware. So. There you go. Aaron Rodgers agrees to a three-year, $150 million deal with the Packers. Great. Get up. They're paying Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year? Apparently. Yeah. Yep. I I give up. I give up. Uh, Anyway. 
$50 million a year for Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Are you insane? Fifty yeah, million. Anyway, the Nye guy, uh, yeah, or Jordan McDonald says, love Don, but he has a Westbrook-like tendencies in the fourth. He needs to tr- stop trying to do so much. I don't disagree with that. Um, the Nye guy says, Jordan, I agree. I think he was gassed trying to do it all. I still don't like him running point in the fourth. Well, and you're having such a good game from Mike Conley. How nice was that? If you're looking for a silver lining, how nice is it that Mike Conley is hitting threes last night? His, he actually had teardrops and floaters in the paint. Like, that's one of the best games of the year for Mike yeah. Conley last night. Yeah. And I, I was thrilled for the guy. I mean, you, so many people are like, oh, he's just, he's, he's not able. It's not that he's not able. It's more difficult for him to do what he's doing. And you know he's busting his ass trying to get back to who he was. Yeah. And to see the ball going in. And I thought the funny thing is, and I think Holly Rowe even talked about this. The first three went in, and it's like Mike was like, well, it's about time. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, finally. I'm for real. You know, like, that's – we've all – those of us that have played a lot of basketball, when the ball's not going in, and, and for Mike it's been rattling out and everything's coming up short and – it's really incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So when that one goes in and you snap it, it feels really good. Yep. And it leads to more positivity. So I was actually happy for him. Uh, Mitchell is, uh, has really struggled in the clutch, and it seems we, he's gotten worse every year of his career. I don't make too much of it. I don't know that he's gotten worse every year of his career. Jordan says, I'd prefer House over Royce in the clutch. Everybody would. Yes. Uh, Nyguy says, I don't hate Snyder. But I just don't think his system works with players. the players we have. I, I think that they've held on to these guys far too long. Yeah. I don't have a problem in today's NBA. If you want to shoot 40, 45 threes a game, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. You better have a mid-range game. And this team does not have an elite mid-range performer. Yeah. You just don't. And I think that's why you, you can make 10 threes in the first quarter. And we saw this in the Clippers series last year where I think they made 16 threes in the first half or something. Yeah. And then made like two the rest of that game. And the Clippers and this, come and run you down and win the game. And the and, series you know. essentially came to an end. Yeah. You know, like it, I just think that you, you live in, as you love to say, you live and die by the three on this ball club. And yes. I think that gets you in trouble. Yes. Because you don't have another option. There's not like a plan B. You don't have a go-to. You don't have like, again, with all due respect to Donovan Mitchell, the, he's not a go-to guy that's going to go out and, no. and carry you for five minutes down the stretch. I mean, that's just not – like, I love the guy, but he's not on that level yet. You know, I mean, I, I, like, literally, you watch you watch the KDs and the Joels and, you know, even LeBron at times still in his career where you can just give them the ball and they're going to score whether the defense likes it or not. And that's just not who Don is at this point. Jazoint Man 1 says, good morning, casuals. Good morning. Jazoint man one. Yeah, yeah. casual. You know. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, morning, dudes. How was not talking about Caruso's impressive stat line last night? Dude Too had fucking a bad, night. man. I, you know what? I I was actually being a cock over the weekend. Now, I know that's surprising what? to some. It's not surprising to Jeremy <laughs> Bolton. Because I, I was having fun with you, man. Like, I was tweeting, I was tweeting highlights of of Alex Caruso at Jeremy. Jeremy, you're in my head, man. All gas. You're in my head. No break. You know what I'm saying? No, rent free in Paul George's head. Leonard Donnan Endelov. Oh, you. Hey, LD. Says, uh, Giannis. 
Uh, he also says the Jazz lost this game. Don had a chance to make uh, three, but he choked, unfortunately. Morning, guys. Love the show. Same to you, sir. We love Keep you. Keep it real. Uh, exactly. Uh, Funky Orient says, you got that right. Donovan is not a go-to guy yet for the closing minutes. I think he is. Mm-mm. I just, I think, now, hear me out. Mm-mm. Look, I know he's no Kevin Durant. He's not. Jag off. Uh, anyway. He's not Devin Booker. Keep my my man's name out your mouth. Daddy. Take it easy. Um, I think I think the issue is that this mix of players is toxic in in clutch minutes because there's no identity on the Jazz. Listen, and he is he is he is in my opinion working really hard to evolve as a player, and I think what you're seeing is that Donovan is fighting his habits. And the new Donovan is the drive and kick Donovan in critical moments. Mm -hmm. I also think he doesn't trust his teammates. I think that's a huge problem because the guys he routinely gives the ball to are not there. I think he likes playing with Daniel House. I think he likes playing with Boyan Bogdanovich. And you know how I know that and think that? Because he passes them the ball routinely. He does not throw the ball in the clutch to Rudy Gobert. Uh, to your point, nice little alley-oop to Rudy last night. Yeah, first one I've seen in a long, long time. But but he doesn't – like, are you really at this point – who wants to throw the ball to to Buckets O'Neal? Buckets O'Bench, you mean? I mean, I don't want to give the ball to Royce O'Neal. Do here's, you? Here's what I'm I saying. Don't. Here's what I'm saying. All of that is absolutely true, 100%. I agree with it. But there's no getting away from the fact that – Donovan Mitchell is a great one-on-one player, but we never see it. We never see the, hey, we're down. Like last night would have been a perfect time. There's a minute left in the game. We're down by six, I think it was, or five, you know? Go ahead, come get the pick from Rudy, get the switch, and let Don operate. Let him do what he does. But why does this team fight that? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, why why is it that why is it that and maybe this is just good teams are better at basketballing than 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 mediocre teams are. Maybe it's as simple as that. But why is it that that when Carl Anthony Towns is going for sixty, he can get the ball? Why is it that when KD even though KD struggled the entire game, let's say, they still give him the ball and he still knocks a shot down. Yeah. Why is it that the good teams go to their best player when they need him and this team wants to, you know, finagle around or mess around? Like, I- I'm sorry, but I would rather have – I'd rather put Donovan Mitchell in a one-on-one matchup that favors him and lose the game than have him take some wild contested three from the hash. Because this team – does not run offense. True. In True. tight situations. True. They play ISO basketball. And that's who they are. But listen, I, I I'm telling you, I will say it until I'm I am I am dead. Donovan Mitchell is a stud. And he will come back a year from now. He will be an elite mid-range player. He will. Every offseason he's come back with a new trick in the bag. This year he's extended his three-point range. This year he's worked on keeping his legs fresh. This summer, he needs to work on a mid-range game. Yeah. He needs to be in Brickley's gym every day working on a mid-range game because that's the one thing that he does not have in his in his arsenal is a consistent go-to yeah. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, mid-range jumper. You Every superstar in this league, I'm looking at LeBron competing for a scoring title at 37 years old. 
And it's because he knows the five spots on the floor where he can go when, do, do you ever notice where LeBron shoots his threes from when he really needs one? He shoots it from the elbow extended. He doesn't go into the corner. He doesn't stand at the top of the key. He's offset left. That's where he shoots his best three from. And you look at the fact that he plays with his back to the basket in the exact same spot. You know, he he is mid midway up the paint and he's going to roll and he's going to he's going to shoot a fadeaway. Don't you know who I am? If you're Devin Booker, you want to come off from from, you know, if you're looking at your basket, you want to come off left off of a little hook screen. You want to get the ball and either shoot a a, a a a three off the drop or drive to the far corner of the the top of the key and shoot a fadeaway th jumper. Wet like on book. That's what that's I mean his three point shot from the side is his most lethal knockdown three point shot. Yeah. Where do you see Book hitting all his big threes? He's not standing at the top of the key. He's standing on the side. Answer me this: Where is Donovan Mitchell's go to shot? Yeah, I don't know that he has one yet. He doesn't have one. What's yeah. his mid range game? It's a Euro sidestep in the paint. Yeah. That's his mid range game. So I said, yeah. So Don's got to grow, and he will because this guy is a killer. I'm telling you, stick with Donovan Mitchell. That's the guy who's going to take you where you want to go. With all due respect to every other guy, every other guy on this roster is just an average offensive player. Every, tell me who the other special offensive player on this roster is. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. Who is it? There's not one. There isn't. Boy, Boyan Bogdanovich is not special. Rudy certainly is not special offensively. Conley. Jordan Clarkson. Is not special offensively. Jordan Clarkson has to be perfect, and then he's lethal. But how many times are we going to sit here and say, well, he scored whatever that was, 46 points the other night, and last night he had eight against the Bucks. Okay, the best team you've seen in a month. Yeah. You scored eight points. Yeah. And thanks for coming. Yeah. That's what this team is. He's your best player. By the way, no D, Donovan Mitchell. Playing really good defense the last month. Like, has really stepped up his defensive game. I'm begging you to stop bailing on Donovan Mitchell because this this cat is a killer. He is special. He will be there. He is His arc is no different than Devin Booker. His arc is no different than all these other superstars. I'm for real. I, I, of his generation, I mean, the guy, there are only a few guys I would take ahead of him. Certainly, Jason Tatum at this point has mm -hmm. surpassed everybody. I think Jason Tatum, he's another guy that needs a more regular mid-range game. He is becoming reliant on the Duncan three. But Jason Tatum. Over Don. Over Don. Over who else? Well, I mean, there's really only three guys you're talking about here. It's Tatum, Booker, and Don. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, of the, like, who else are we even having the conversation with here? Mm. I mean, I, Clay and Steph are older. They're not in this. They're not in this conversation. If you look at these guys who are, you know, five, six year guys. Yeah, John Morant's younger than those guys. And Ja's a point guard. Ja yeah. is on the ball. Different, different player. Different player. Yeah, but I think Don is on the ball a ton. Like, well, I, like, by, by by necessity. Like, like, I would argue that Don doesn't play the same position that that Tatum and, and Book do. But the difference is, is that he plays the same role on his team that those guys yeah. do. So the dynamic is a little bit different, you know. Donovan Mitchell is not a point guard, and I I I only point to the Jazz dysfunction to make a point. Yeah, 
Mike Conley, you brought him back paying the luxury tax. Yeah. Mike Conley's not a two guard. Mike Conley's a point guard. Facts. You drafted Jared Butler, who's not a two guard. He's a point guard. Donovan Mitchell is a 2-3. That's what he is. You're asking him to be a point guard because you don't have anybody else because you refuse to develop Jared Butler. And again, again, I feel like now I'm the guy carrying the water for Donovan Mitchell somehow, but you're asking him to do things that he shouldn't be doing, which is bring the ball up. Did we not learn from the bubble? What happened in the bubble against Denver? Yeah. Well, Don brought the ball up and what did they do? What did the Clippers do last year? Double. Immediately. What are teams doing to Kevin Durant when Kyrie Irving's not able to play? Doubling. Getting the ball out of his hands. Now, what I will say, though, and this is to all the people who are like, well, Quinn this and Quinn that, I think one thing that should be said, we talked about what coaches I'd rather have over Quinn Snyder, specifically over the weekend when the Nets played the Knicks. The Knicks were double teaming aggressively for long stretches of that game. And, you know, and this is unfortunate for Don, but Kevin Durant has the ability to dribble out of that and just shoot over you because he's so damn tall. And that's the thing that I think, you know, I I don't think, I know, 99% of the players in the league can't do what Kevin Durant can do. So if you're Donovan no. Mitchell, yeah, I think it's absolutely vital that you have guys around you that you trust. And I understand that he doesn't trust his teammates. But, again, I, I can't say this enough. Like, I want to see Don, like, kind of take the next step mentally. Like, you got to be able to, as as the best player on your team, you know, decide between and identify the moments when you need to be the best player and you need to be the shot taker and you need to control the pace of the game versus when you need to be driving kicked on. I need him to get better at that. Yeah. You know? But I, I watching that Philly game, you and I watched the Philly game last night. Yeah. And yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at Joel Embiid, I'm looking at James Harden, but I'm more looking at, you know, Thibault and Maxi. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking at a team that's got Tobias Harris knocking down big threes. Well, like Embiid is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You, you notice how, and, and obviously Embiid and, and Jokic are battling for the MVP, of course. So, you know, that's fueling Embiid. But you notice how there are stretches in the game where Embiid is on the floor, running up and down, but he's essentially taking a possession off here, possession off there, and letting Maxi and Harden and Tobias Harris and all these guys kind of operate and do their thing. And again, I just point that out to say Don doesn't have that luxury no. either. Don can't take possessions off. And so that's why I say, again, not to be repetitive, but that's why this roster ultimately needs work. The dynamic of these players together just isn't isn't what it needs well, to be. And look at teams like Houston. Mm-hmm. Look at like Houston. Dude, two years from now, Houston's going to be a like real their dynamic, contender. Dude, their dynamic is better than the Jazz dynamic. Not to say they're a better team. No. Right? On paper. Because they're not. They're a bad team. But the dynamic and how the players work together works better than what the Jazz have. The problem is, is that the Rockets are so damn young, they turn it over and take terrible shots. So that's why they're a bad team. Yeah. But again, imagine a situation or a world where Don has, you know, let's say Jalen Green to his right instead of Boyan Bogdanovich. Just imagine replacing like, Royce O'Neal with Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I like, mean, what would that do for I mean, Donovan Mitchell? That's my point. So come on. Yeah. We have to we have to get moving here. But but yeah. the point is is that the Jazz just they they need to work on this thing. <clears throat> All right. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Uh right now. If you're here watching this video, please give us a like. Uh, also please give us a subscribe as we are, uh, continuing to grow this podcast and we really appreciate, 
um, that you guys support the show. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, bless you. Um, you need to get uh, into the, the description. All of our affiliate links for our Amazon must-haves are there uh, as well. I want to talk about some NFL stuff um, because I think I think it's really important. But I also think this situation with Fernando Tatis Jr. in San Diego is incredibly important. <clears throat> For those of you that are not baseball fans, that's the, you know, the the stick and ball game. Yeah, it's the San Diego you know. F and Padres we're talking about. You know, just some small so team. I choose to torture myself with my fandom. Um, whether it be Chelsea Football Club, who are, you know, essentially dead in the water with no money to spend. Uh, would that be the Chicago Cubs? I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, would that be the San Diego Padres, who are my second baseball team? Right. The Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bulls. I mean, hell, I'm well, living. The Chicago Bears. I'm living off of flipping Headband Boy. I mean, I just Headband Boy. <laughs> I, I I mean, this is my life. So Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best player on the San Diego Padres, and it ain't close. He missed pretty much half of last season in another probably so maybe even three quarters of that season, not 100%, not 60%, and he still hit 42 jacks. Right. So you're like, okay, whew, strike's over, baseball season's ready to go. Oh, hey, look, Fernando Tatis Jr. rolling into camp. Damn, those Jets look go. good. Let's go. Man. All right, Fernando's doing a media press conference. All right, everybody, shh. Stop. Oh, Fernando's here. Fernando Tatis Jr. and his huge balls are doing a press conference. All right, Fernando, what do you got, buddy? Uh, I got a couple of incidents. Um, you know, uh, a couple I don't incidents. know it's, it's the wrist. Uh, it couldn't be, be anything. I, mean, uh, I don't know how you put it out there, but I got a couple, uh, one more fall, but it was nothing crazy. Like I mentioned, it was something like... It's just small pain and it goes away and you do it long well, he, activities. He tripped running uh, the bases, right? Really trying to ramp it up or push it out there. Uh, that's where it coming. Have you thought about if it wasn't for the lockout, maybe you would have come here and it would have been found earlier? Uh, definitely could have been a different story. Wrist, right? When was the accident? Which one? The motorcycle accident. Uh, when, you, when the reporters were reporting. Motorcycle? What? Which one? January, December. That day, yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'm sorry. Wait. I thought you said you fell off a motorcycle. Did that happen? Yeah, which time? What do you, What the? F I'm sorry. What? Did you say which time? What? Which one? No, you're in. Uh, definitely could have been a different story, yeah. When was the accident? Which, which one? one? I'm, I, when they said, I'm, I'm, no, you tripped and fell running the bases, or you were... You took too much BP. That's how you hurt your wrist, right? When was the accident? Stroke in the stick? You hurt your wrist? Dude. Stick and Never. ball? Like, you hurt your wrist. You, you, I, 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 you know what? He must have been taking live batting practice. He got hit on the wrist with a fast. Oh, no. He fell off a motorcycle. Multiple, not once. Multiple times. Line of cane and B12. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Now, I'm new to this whole sporting thing. Didn't they just pay you $330 million for 14 years last spring training? And, and then you got hurt and you hurt your shoulder again like two, three times. And now you got on a motorcycle over the winter and not once but twice had a motorcycle accident. And now you're having wrist surgery and you're out three months. 
me. Wait, now you're not going to take your $330 million salary, right? Like, because you fell off a motorcycle like a fucking idiot. So, of course, you're not going to take your salary, right? Doesn't make you feel responsible. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, uh... I am a lot of things. An asshole is one of them. Keep it real. <laughs> I am. But are you telling me they paid you $330 million and you went and fell off a motorcycle not once but twice? Hey, asshole, what was the first time you fell off the motorcycle? Not a, like a shot over the bow of stupidity that is your life? Come on, man. You're the franchise player. They gave you $330 million. And you went and bought a motorcycle with it, Ben Roethlisberger, Jay Williams. Stupid tight end in Cleveland who lost his ever-loving mind. Kellen Winslow Jr. Mm -hmm. So you went and bought a motorcycle? When was the accident? Which one? When was the accident? Which one? <laughs> You're an asshole. That's what you are. <laughs> My guy said, which one? They asked him, Dude? when was the accident? Which one? Bro. Um. Bro. Well... You know, I was trying to ramp up my baseball. And I think he'd have lied about it if he hadn't gotten caught. Me? Like, are you serious? This is straight out of the, the uh, what was it, uh, Ruggs? The Ruggs Corvette? Henry thing? Ruggs Corvette. Oh, yes. This is straight That's, out of yes. that handbook, dude. You're, you're, you're paid ungodly no, amounts no, no, no. of No, you're money, not paid bro. ungodly money. You're paid $330 million. Bro, like that is... You're making $33 million. What is... Motherfucker. Like, it's more than that. Like, do you understand... Guys, 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 guys. Guys, 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 yeah. Are you kidding me? You're making $23 million a year. To And you... You fell off a motorcycle more than once. Like, do I you understand... This, the, I want to I put this into perspective. How much he gets paid per game. Just just to put this into perspective. So it was 14 years, right? Yes. Right? 14-year contract, $330 million. That's 2,106 baseball games that you're getting paid for over your career. 330 divided by 2,106 is $156,000 for nine innings of baseball that you're not going to play. What an asshole. Just putting that like, into that's perspective, That's amazing dude. to me. Just putting it into perspective. I can't believe that... I so okay, I'm so, so frustrated so, no, no. with this. So let's. So I want to. I want to build this topic though, because I want to prove a point about athletes being idiots. Okay, here's Fernando Tatis. Let's take him and let's put him on the side. Next, next up, we have Aaron Rodgers, who just got a three-year, hundred fifty million dollar extension. You're getting fifty million dollars a year. You were immunized. You had COVID toe. You broke up with Shailene. Your family hates you. Okay, great. Let's add him to the list. Yesterday came out that Deshaun Watson. He's making $3 million a game? Yes, dog. Why? Why? Yes. Yes. It makes my head hurt. Yes. Yes. So, so wait. We've got Tatis. We've got Aaron Rodgers. And now we have Deshaun Watson, who's going to get paid again after he was an idiot. We get it. We <sighs> get it, dude. 22 accusations. Hey, guys unbelievable um spider cheetah says let's be honest gobert is better than mitchell he's clutch on defense i'm just curious okay. did you watch the fourth quarter last night he's not he's clutch, clutch on, defense, on defense he got that ass beat repeatedly so i just need to ask you about three teams the clippers the rockets and the bucks don't lie to me clutch on defense 
Anyway, my point is, this Fernando Tatis Jr. thing really frustrates me. And the thing that bothers me most is that it just shows such a lack of regard for the investment that the San Diego Padres have made in you. And Fernando Tatis is now putting me in a position to defend Major League Baseball owners, which is disgusting. He's just a hack. But how do you how do you just not think about the owners of the Padres who are giving you three, I can't even say it, $330 million. You just write them off and go ride motorcycles and hurt Final. I It's amazing. It's disrespectful is what it is. And I think that, I think that Tatis doesn't have an appreciation for the life that he has. And and that's that's the thing. You know, it's and, amazing. and this is what I always come back to with athletes. Even even your low end athlete. I mean, look at Delonte West, who who now is is in the big three and is off the streets and you know, is through his struggle. Like, look at a guy like that. A guy that was an NBA I'm not gonna say Delonte West was a star, but certainly he was having a productive NBA career and making life changing money. I think we can all agree with that. You're talking about a guy who fell from the 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 peak to to nothing, dude. Like like literally on the street, drunkard, like everything, and now has come back. And I and, and you got a guy like Fernando Tatis, who who every every baseball fan loves, can't can't stay off a motorcycle and can't just simply play catch in the off season. Won't like, and on the field doesn't play hard. On the field, like the guy is not a great shortstop. He is a diva. He is, he is just, and we told you again, I know we don't like, to do I retweeted. Whole, I, I, oh, I love whole, doing I, it. I, well, I love doing it, but it pisses people <laughs> off. Like the whole, the whole thing about, and specifically we got into a Twitter spat with a great radio show in San Diego called Ben and Woods. I love those guys. Yes. They do a phenomenal job covering the team and putting out a great show every single day. Love them to death. However, they've been absolutely wrong on Fernando Tatis, and so is the national media. Fernando Tatis, we told you last year, was not ready for the extension when they gave it to him. Because remember what they had. They still had three years at $290,000 a year of club control over this cat. But what did they do instead? What did they do instead? Oh, here's $330 million in 14 years of commitment. Because don't forget, baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. Whether, so whether, stupid. Whether he's sitting in Indonesia or he's in the dugout at your game, he's getting paid. And yeah, here we I, are. I, I just don't know. I really don't know what in it. I, like, so would you trade for, for Deshaun Watson? I mean, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would have, and they chose Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun mm -hmm. Watson. And now Carolina and New Orleans are said to be the only two teams he will entertain. And it will be one of those two teams. And the Houston Texans are asking for multiple first-round picks for a guy who's accused of sexually assaulting 22 women. Yeah, now, well, no criminal charges will be filed. Yeah, But he's got 22 civil lawsuits pending against him. And you're going to give up multiple first-round picks for this guy. Yeah, because civil is not going to do anything to him. And my guess is he'll be a Boy Scout. Well, it's it's more than that, though. You're bringing somebody into your community that has been accused over 20 times of sexual misconduct. But the question is... And you're willing to trade for that, dude. Yeah, because I think what NFL teams are going to do is they're going to say, well, he, there's no, he, he's not being charged. They found that there wasn't enough evidence to charge him. So I, essentially what they're saying is we don't care about the civil stuff. The civil stuff isn't what bothers us. The, 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 the civil stuff is not... Gonna 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 
put the guy away for life or something. I mean, it's the criminal stuff that, that you have to be concerned about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is classic NFL. The NFL, you know, and its owners and its teams are going to do everything that they can do to get the best talent on the field. And sometimes, you know, they're, they're going to make calculated risks unless it's Colin Kaepernick, and then they're never going to do it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, yeah, Trevor Bauer's an interesting one. Trevor Bauer, um, perfect example. I don't know. that He'll never play for the Dodgers again. I can just tell you that right now. What makes you so sure? Uh, the Dodgers will not have him back. Well, I think Trevor Bauer gets traded or released. Um, I just don't think the Dodgers will have him back. I, I Maybe I'm I wrong. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe I'm I, wrong. I think that... I think that he came. I think that there was an evidence he's not guilty, and they're going to say we're going to let's put this guy right back on the no, bus. No way. I think in a in Why? a woke because in a woke city like L.A., you're the Dodgers. You're that with the Lakers being as bad as the Lakers are, the Dodgers are a huge story in that town. With the Rams winning a Super Bowl, yeah, and the Dodgers winning a World Series, in in the the Dodgers are going to be front and center. And are you telling me that you don't think a woke ass town like LA is going to have a problem with Trevor Bauer? He no, will be booed at home. That, I think that no, I see. I guess we just disagree. I don't think he will because they came out and were like, "Hey, he's not guilty. She got thrown out of court. She got embarrassed." I don't like. He's not the yeah. Bauer thing is different than Deshaun because I think, totally different. Like I, I agree. Think Bauer is just is is the way the whole thing went down and the way like that you know. Because to your point, L.A. is is a relatively like the the media cycle in L.A. is definitely paid attention to. So any real Dodger fan would have been paying attention to this. So they would have known that, hey, there was yeah, no evidence. Because he wasn't there during the postseason. Yeah, I mean, there's no e like like she got thrown out of court. She got laughed fashion, out of dude. court. Like, yes, I agree. So so but it just, to, to, for me, they're going to trade him. And my guess is he ends up wearing, you know, pinstripes. Dude, if you're, or... if you're trading Trevor Bauer, he's going to the AL. But I don't think they're going to trade him. I think he's going to start for them. And, and, and I think that they're just going to let time heal it. Like, by I the think way, that's what they're going to do. By the way, as a Cub fan, dude, Rizzo, Bryant, and Schwarber are all free agents. In a league in the American League that is desperate for left-handed power. Yeah. Rizzo and Schwarber are free agents mm -hmm. in a league that is desperate for, for gold glove caliber defense. Chris Bryant's a free agent. Rizzo's a free agent. Gold It'll Glover. be interesting to me to see where all this ends up because yeah. I love baseball. I am a passionate baseball fan. And if you don't like baseball, you probably shouldn't. But anyway, the point is yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. It's back. By the way, the Cubs did credit me for next year's season tickets. So I will have season tickets to my beloved next spring. Well, that's good. So I'm excited about that. You should be. All right. A couple more comments. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, if I were an owner of a professional team, the second one of my athletes gets on a motorcycle, that voids their contract. Yeah. I mean, in, I, I have to think Tatis has, has dangerous behavior language in his contract. Every, almost everyone does. Um, I'd kick them off the tour if they got on a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. Tanner says, Delonte West, wasn't he the guy that gave Gordon a wet willy? He was. Mm -hmm. But that was... Decades. Ten years ago, at least. Um, that's, Tanner says, 2012. Okay, there you go. Uh, Bauer to Seattle. The Mariners are making moves this offseason. He's going to pitch this year. Like He is, but like, he's not going to be a, for, for with an L.A. on his cap. I'm telling you, he's not going to be a Dodger. 
I have. Uh, I just. Yeah. Is Addison Russell available? I think he's playing ball in Mexico. Wow. Chris Carnes says, "Yeah, no kidding." And he's actually very good in Mexico. Wow. Very, oh, very real. good. That's a poll right there. Yeah, Addison Russell, the domestic abuser. All right. Sleeping with the TV on. Where do you want to go here? Yeah, we need to finish up. Got stuff okay. to do. So. They're saying that sleeping with a TV on in your bedroom, if you go to bed at night with a TV on, causes brain damage. Because the light <coughs> apparently gets through your eyelids, and apparently that messes with the processes of healing your brain at night. This is wild to me. It like, is. First of all, first of all, on Reddit via TikTok, mm -hmm. there are all these stories about being scared of the dark. Mm -hmm. and seeing ghosts and crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you scared of the dark on any level? No. I am not either. I love it when it's dark. Mm -hmm. Last night, interestingly enough, we talk about this. I do not have a TV in my room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. That That is for... That is for planting seeds in the, the, the garden of life. Keep it real. And sleeping. Mm-hmm. And looking at your phone. But anyway, the point is, the point is right. that I don't even have a TV in my room because it's a, it's a terrible habit to get into. Mm -hmm. um, but last night, oddly enough, my wife, we sl were sleeping with the window open because uh, my house just holds heat remarkably well, mm -hmm. unless you want it to be warm and then it's cold. But anyway, the point is, so we had the window open and the street light was shining through the window. Right. And it kept me awake for a minute. Was it shining onto the bed or like onto the floor? Onto the like wall, oh, on onto the, the far wall. side of the room. Onto the wall, okay. So it just, it kept me awake. But I don't on the regular sleep with anything on. And clothing or otherwise. Daddy? And yeah, hey, baby. <laughs> uh, but my point is, I think a lot of people, and I'd love to hear from you in the comments. Do you sleep in pitch black? Or is there yeah. some ambient light? So do for you, me, do you sleep with the TV on? Do you sleep with the nightlight on? How do you how do you do? So you? for me, I don't do TV in the room either. But the problem for me is that in my apartment, my apartment happens to be on the ground floor, um, on the street. And so with my, I have two windows in my room, and obviously they have shades on them, but the mm -hmm. shades don't block out the street light. So like, it's not terrible, but it is you know, it's not like like hotel room status blackout. You know, like, right. So there is definitely what I would call like ambient lighting happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mr. Mitch says, I go to sleep every single night watching TV. What is this brain damage you speak of? Yeah, so basically the study there. So at night, your your brain goes through a healing process where basically your mind. So think about it this way. You work all day. You go through your life your mind collects sort of what they call like brain fog or like brain clutter, like just yep. stuff that your brain is storing and going through its natural processes. Well, at night, your your body and your brain like heals itself or cleans itself, if you will. And that what they're saying is that when that process doesn't happen at 100%, it ups the, odds, it ups the odds and the percentages of memory loss or like over time it's not an immediate thing but it this compounds it causes plaque yeah to build up on the brain yeah and basically for those of you who don't know dr monty's here to help you right um when you're allowing your eyes to be stimulated while you're trying to sleep 
it disturbs the the process of your brain healing the body. Mm-hmm. It changes the because your body, for lack of a better description, your body releases hormones and chemicals that heals the body and allows your brain to organize all the information you took in during the day. Yeah. So that it can properly process it, store it, kick it out, whatever it needs to do. When you have light stimulation at night and you're not getting enough REM sleep, which is deep sleep, your body doesn't go through that process. So it's the same thing as people who only get four hours of sleep every night. Mm -hmm. You're causing brain damage. And once you have brain damage, it's irreversible. There's no... You only get one. Yeah, you can't... Your brain does not regenerate. So they're saying when you sleep with a TV on, it it, it can lead to early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, it can lead to significant memory damage to the to the memory parts of your brain. Um, it's significant damage. So when you have light or you use like one of the things in my room that pisses me off is I have a Nest smoke detector um, that is a smoke detector, carbon detector, but it also has a nightlight feature. But yeah. I have 15 foot ceilings in my bedroom. So I cannot easily reach it. And the nightlight, <coughs> excuse me, the nightlight feature is on. Right. So I have to figure out how to turn that off. Because if the fan is on slow, the movement of the fan triggers the nightlight. So then the nightlight will go on and it comes right back up, go off and turn right back on. I feel on. like, so for me, I'm, I'm not particularly sensitive to the light. It doesn't really bother me. You know, like in terms of how well I sleep, but I do think there's some real credence to, you know, this whole brain healing each night and like allowing oh, yeah. your body to to do what it needs to do, you know, and, and so it's kind of an interesting when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I've never been honestly, I have never been somebody who does the whole TV to fall asleep thing. Um, I am uh, somebody who really likes to sleep with white noise on in the background. That really helps me. But other than that, I mean, I I don't um, I've never done the TV thing. You know, I I, what I do find myself doing is, you know, like I'll be watching basketball, let's say, and it'll get to like nine, nine thirty and I fall asleep. I fall asleep in the recliner. I fall asleep on the couch. But then I just turn it off and go to bed, you know, so the Rams, the Rams are releasing Johnny Hecker. Hmm, That's interesting. Wow. He is one of the best punters in the history of the NFL. Um, yeah, I think it – I how much – I love sleep. Yeah. And now that we're getting to sleep with the window open and, like, I'm sleeping – I'm chilly at night. Like, I am sleeping. I have never had uh, – never. I haven't had for a long time the quality of sleep I've had this week. Like, I am sleeping exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having weird ass dreams at times, right? But I am sleeping exceptionally well, right? And I, I there's not much I I have to do to my room. Like my room's pretty dark when when the shades are all drawn. My room is really dark. I couldn't sleep with streetlights in my room every night. I just can't do it. Um, I would either add blackout curtains or because I love it pitch black. I mean, I just. I, when we, in our house in Sandy, when we used to live in Sandy, like our my bedroom in my basement, I had a dude, whole that was master like a suite. Dungeon, dude, it was pitch black. <laughs> like you could not see a hand in front of your face. It was amazing, and I used to sleep really well down there. And in our room, it, when I lived in Mesa, Arizona, um, it was pitch black. And then we had a huge change when we built our house in Phoenix. 
and there was a lot more light because there were a lot more windows in my room. Mm -hmm. And it used to drive me crazy that it just wasn't that was that house in Sandy back in the day was a goat house. That was like that was a pimp and pad and I'm still pissed we sold it. Yeah, it's worth over six hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, stop humble bragging about sleeping well. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Tanner says, so sleeping um, with light is bad? It's bad. You can't sleep with the light it, on, it Tanner. Just basically, Trust me. It basically just it, it interrupts your body's ability to heal your mind Tanner, you do not sleep with the light on. Stop it. Uh, the hey night guys. guys, the night guy laughed at Tanner because Tanner said the dark Knight rises easily. One of the best Batman movies of all time. Stop dude. What? See, you know, you were doing so well. Why you know, you, you say had won stuff an like Xbox. That? You, you, you had been so good, dude. But then you got to say something like the dark Knight rises is the best Batman ever. I mean, that's like saying Rudy Gobert is the best center in the league. We all know it's untrue, dog. Come on. Tanner says, in the words of Bane, you think darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was a man. But right. it was nothing more than blinding. Right. Me? I'll take the Joker over yeah, Bane. The Thanks. Dark Knight is way better than Dark Knight Rises. You all knew how Dark Knight Rises was going to end. Yeah. You, come on. Come on, Tanner. Mike uh, Phillips says, suddenly this show turned into an episode of the the Huberman Lab. Sure. Rises sucks. The Dark Knight is the best Batman by yes, far. Yes, it's not close. That's like saying Alex Caruso is the best 12th man in the league. Exactly. Where is the Italian? Um, Cam Harrison says, falling asleep to forensic files is the best. I've got to stop this TikTok Reddit video shit before I go to bed. Because it is... It is. Wicked, and then dude. you're like, bro, I had these weird dreams about people dying out in the swamp and stuff. It was wild. So <laughs> TikTok is is a motherfucker, man. Like TikTok <laughs> is crazy. It is. There was a Reddit story about this guy and like his sister calling him and like there were people that broke into their house and he didn't answer the phone, but he knew something was wrong instinctually and he jumped out the window and his family got murdered. <laughs> He lit like it's just like all this like unsolved mysteries BS. Yeah. Nah, man. Nah, nah. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm Tanner fine. said no. I said Dark Knight Rises was one of the best Batman movies of all no. time. I said one of. Stop no. twisting my words. No, I don't think you did. No, I think you said it was the best one of. Here, all let time. me read. Let me read. Well, what, we need what to check said. the comment. Tanner said the Dark Knight Rises is the best Batman movie of all time. In fact, it's one of the best movies ever. It's better than the Sopranos TV show. It's better than. That hey guys, I, I totally. Hey made guys, that up. I made that up. That's a lie. He never <laughs> said any of that. He um, said the Dark Knight Rises colon so the Dark Knight Rises colon um easily one of the best Batman movies of all time. And I said no, it's not. You smoke crack. It's not one of the best Batman movies of all no. time. It's not. I, I anyway. And I hate the I hate Bane the character. Like it's just dude, that Heath movie Ledger's wasn't. Joker is the best. Like honestly, dude, he's the best villain of all time. There's not like, one. Just... Uh, okay, Dark Knight Rises or the Batman we just saw. The Batman we just saw. Yeah, I mean it's not one of the. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. I said it's not Tanner. I'm anyway. for real. Okay, I'm a little too. All right, settle down, Tanner, my man. We all know Batman and Robin was the best. <laughs> anyway, yeah. How's the girlfriend? Great, man. Just chugging along. Yeah. Days are going by. We're enjoying life. Things are good. Yeah. There's not. I'm not trying to be coy. There's just not a lot to update. I Did mean, you say it yet? Good. No, I didn't say it yet. 
Why? What's an erection? Why? <laughs> Why haven't you said it yet? Because I. It's just. Why? Because I haven't yet. So That's are why. you dating other women? No. Well, I mean, if you don't love this girl, what's Stop, the... dude. What? Why? See, why you got to push this, man? These are probing questions that yeah, America you, needs I know, answers to. You like to. to probe. We get it. We get it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, pegging. Um, <laughs> why Why is it that you said Buddy it, Buddy just me. said pegging on the show. No, you did. No, no, you did. Yes. The point is, I mean, if you don't love this girl, Stop. why? Are, what? Stop. Stop what? Stop what? Why do you put me in these positions, man? I well, I don't know what your sex life has to do with. Hell this. out of here with that. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> so I, so you don't love this girl because yes, you haven't told I her. Do. I mean, when when humans love each other, they tell each other they love each other. But I mean, you haven't told this girl that you love her, so my guess is you don't love her, and you're probably out diddling chickens in the garden. I mean, that's oh, what yeah. I would. Oh my. That's what. That's. <laughs> that's what I would guess. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe no, fuck that's yourself. not nice. Don't well, say things like I that. I mean, you know, it just is what it is, man. I will say it soon. When okay. I'm ready. Okay. So you don't love her yet? Yes, I do. I'm oh, you do love her? I'm ready to say it yet. Jesus. So you do love this girl. Okay. Okay. I mean, you've been together 13 minutes. I mean. That's enough of that crap. Right? Yes. You know. Yeah. Okay. It's been a couple months. You guys going to move in together? We're not there yet. It's been a couple months. The night guy says, blew out my plantar fasciitis, so surgery for me on Friday. But hey, more Monty show for me next week. Jesus. Okay. All right. We um, got to go, bro. eBay we... the Sofa Surfer says, when does the porn series release? I don't know. I'm... Josh Lovren says, Adam West is the best Batman ever. Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Arnold's Mr. Freeze was easily one of the best Batman villains. Okay. Okay. You know. Um, that's fine. The Nye guy, that sucks. Sorry to hear that, Jeremy Bolton says. Jake, is it ready to float with the girlfriend? Oh. I don't even know what yeah, that means. Yeah, that means like where you guys grind each other's genitals <laughs> through your jeans. And you two motherfuckers need Jesus. I don't even know what y'all are talking about on this show this morning. <laughs> what? What do you mean? What's wrong with you? Anyway, okay. Okay. Yeah, well, you, you think you know it all? I do know it all. <laughs> I do know it all. Okay. All right, back tomorrow, um, I guess. If the internet works. It, what? It, it'll work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what the, why would you say that? <laughs> We've had like four good days of internet on this show, and you're like, oh, if the that's internet a new, works. That's a new high, high score for us, four days. Yeah, I mean, CenturyLink hasn't screwed it up in like almost a week now. Yeah, you know? You know. And I'll drop that mother. It was a week ago tomorrow yeah. that we had the great <laughs> cockpocalypse. I mean, <laughs> you know. And it is March, which means... March Madness. Dude, dude, stop talking to me about college basketball. I'm not in the mood. Yeah, I and I appreciate everybody asking me to join your bracket challenges, but hell no. I'm not doing it. I mean, if you want to give me the prize money, fine. But I'm not joining the bracket. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Jake's going to hide the little Vienna, the Nye guy says. Jeff Johnson says, hey, guys. Hey, guys. You know. How many Monty Colts doing? How how's the Monty Colt doing this morning? Better than Fernando Tatis, Eric. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>